All right. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Podcast Queens. I'm Jelani, and I'm here with... Gamal. And Sajda. Okay, so how are you, queens? Oh, my God. What a week it's been. What a week. It's July, which is, I think, a crime to be July. Uh, in this year of 2020. Um, I think it's really rude that it's July. Um, and I have no sense of time or spatial awareness. And maybe that's something I need um, psychiatric assistance with. But um, instead, I'm podcasting, which I think is probably the best I'm going to get for now. Yeah, it's another form of therapy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Another form I'm of time. To my gals. I'm talking to my gals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i am also doing okay this week has been like i feel like it's so weird because i'm getting into that space of like remembering that everything in the world is still happening but also remembering that if i'm going by the logic that it is um a marathon and not a sprint like making time to do things that like I need to do for me, but also trying to be aware of this world in which we live um, is, Mm -hmm. I think this week specifically is where I was like, oh, I'm a part of me like was like, okay, how can I do this and sustain like keeping the pressure on, but also, like I said, because of mental health, like being, you know, aware of my own my own mental needs and my own mental space. I I definitely feel that. I, like, since the quarantine started, was like, okay, you got to take this shit day by day. Do not think about more than a day because you're going to freak out and it's going to kill you. Um, Like, me personally, I just couldn't do it. Um, And then recently, I started to think um, of more than just one day ahead. And it did indeed, like... It didn't freak me out as much as I thought it would, but, you know. Um. Yeah, back in March, um, July and August were concepts. I was like, well, <laughs> I have so much time before July. I don't have to decide. I have six months almost. Like, that's so much. Anything can happen. And, and, and truly, um, things happen. They just all got worse is all. Um. <laughs> the beginning of quarantine, someone said to me, um, wow, if I had known, you know, earlier this year what I know now, and I think to the beginning of quarantine, like, if I had known then what I know now, girl. Truly. I can't. I, I, <laughs> There'd be so I, much change. Future any longer. Like, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to do it. This whole year has been um, Whoopi Goldberg just saying, you in danger, girl. <laughs> like, just on, <laughs> like, Maybe. you in danger. Um, I have a question for you all. And the question is, based on what Jelani just, uh, just mentioned, if you could time travel back to, say, like, you know, March 13th, like right before okay. we realized our life would change, would you do it? And what would you do differently if you did it? I would. Would you buy, like, tons of toilet paper on, like, March 11th before the, the, the masses got to it? <laughs> no. I actually, TBH would probably, like, quit my job and actually have spent the beginning of the quarantine looking for something that I could do from home that isn't my stupid job that I have now. 
Ooh, drag them, drag them. Famous listeners of the pod, all of your bosses. A smart queen. A smart um, queen. Is this like I'm going back in time and taking my own place, or like I'm going back in time and I can like talk to myself? Like, what are the rules? Because I feel like you are taking, yeah, you're taking your own place. Like, you're going mm. back in time with all the knowledge you've gained over these past, like, however many months, time is a construct. Um, Great. Um, so it's like X Men rules. I, um, you know, that movie where they, um, it was like, I'm going to send you back in time, but I'm going to send you back in time, like to your own brain. Like, mm-hmm. okay, sweetie, I don't have enough science to like prove <laughs> you wrong, but like, whatever. Um, sure. I feel like I would go because not going is like a missed opportunity. Um, but I'm not, I feel like I'd panic. And I wouldn't panic and buy, like, supplies, but I feel like I'd panic with, like, the idea of, like, all of this freedom that I have that I didn't have before. And I'd be like, I have to do something meaningful with this and, like, end up doing nothing. So that's so Raven rules apply. You'd see the future, but you wouldn't be able to really change it. Mm-hmm. How interesting. I feel like I'd, yeah, I feel like I'd crack under the pressure in some way. I'd be like, they don't know what's coming. They think this is all. It's not. <laughs> oh, my God. tinfoil hat and just start running around just being like, ah, <laughs> There's going to be murderous bees. <laughs> Yo, it would be, it would be, it would actually be wild. Yeah. I feel like I would, I say that I would quit my job, but I probably wouldn't. I would just like call out sick for two days and like eat fries. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like that's actually what happened there. I actually don't think I'd want, actually I, I rescind my answer. Actually, I don't think I'd want to do it again. I'd be like, I already did it once. Can we not? Can we move on? <laughs> Yeah, because then you have to, like, live through Everything. March and June and whatnot again. And it's like, oh, let me just stick to this. Yeah. People would, like, confide secrets in me that they've already confided in me. And I, they'd be like, come on, I have something to tell you. But yeah, I know. Like, you robbed a store when you were, like, five. It's okay. Like, I don't care. I already know. <laughs> I can see it in your eyes, bitch. You don't need to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew before. I knew before I went back in time. But now I even know doubly. Okay. She's a double knowledge queen. Double knowledge queen. Yes, double knowledge queen. That's a double double knowledge queen. I know two things. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I only know two things in this world, but I know them well. (laughs) Truly, that's what I think um, when you get like a master's degree or like a dual degree, that's where (laughs) you're saying, I know one thing. (laughs) And I know it really well. At me. At me with my dual theater gender studies degree that is completely useless in this. Theater music, theater music. I, I majored in theater and my mother was like, you know, you shouldn't major in something else. I was like, you're right. What's something I could major in that would really help me in this life that's um, a little more stable than theater? I know, I'll major in music. Stable. <laughs> and here I am now, podcasting, actually. Same. What a coincidence. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is, dual majors start podcasts, and that's a, a proven fact. Mm-hmm. studies have shown definitely um was studying theater and i was like wait what if i also studied gender studies um and just doubled down on the um you know not useful degrees mm-hmm. not that they're not useful but you know we know what kind of world we live in we live um, in a capitalist world that doesn't put value in those degrees no money-making degrees exactly no <laughs> yeah. money-making degrees no money and then degrees. to top it off in gender studies what was my concentration Art, like a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's because you are a queen. 
queen. You You're are an artist. Oh, how like beautiful art is for the world. And mm. speaking of beauty, I just I yeah. I need to um. I, I, this has just been weighing on me, and I think I'm just. Yeah, we're sitting on a secret. We're se- we are, and I've been like, it's been tingling me this whole time because it, it is our beautiful Queen Jelani's twenty third birthday today. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Queen! Happy birthday! Thank you, royal. Oh my gosh, true royalty, honey. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just got my 23andMe results back. Um, apparently, I'm royalty. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, they do send them to you when you're 23. Mm-hmm, they send them to you when you're 23. Mm-hmm. Um, half royalty, half baddie. So, you know. Watch out. A wonderful mix. A pleasant mm-hmm. mix. How do you feel being um, one day closer to the, the dreaded year of 30? <laughs> I feel... Um, young and youthful and like 30 isn't really gonna happen to me i feel like that happens to old people right 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 right, right, right. that's true that's true i've forgotten about that coco who is surely on his way <laughs> how old is daddy producer coco again rejected years old is daddy that's crazy coco. to be rejected years old and to be so close to the impending uh, doom of 30. <laughs> <laughs> that's hot I mean, when men turn 30, they become sugar daddies, right? Like, that's why it automatically happens. Their bank account explodes. Why I have hung on as long as I have. (laughs) It's just so close. You can taste it. I can taste that 30 money coming in. (laughs) I love that. Well, hey, Sacha, what are we doing in honor of um, our good friend Jelani's birthday? Well, in honor of our good Jelani's birthday, we are taking this episode and handing it over to Jelani for something that is mm-hmm. so, so important to them. It's probably one of the most important things they've ever talked about, actually. I mean, truly, it is an, an inspiration. And so I want to hand it over to you, baby. This is your birthday episode. Mm-hmm. Take it away. What will we be talking about today? Silky smooth. Mm. Hi, everyone. So since it is my birthday, um, I royally decree that we must talk and chat and obsess over Gone Girl, because Gone Girl, to me, is one of the most beautiful films. It is great, it is spectacular. It is also a book, but Haiki didn't finish reading the book. Tried to finish it for this episode, but you know what? Um, life is, uh, you know, busy and hectic. But, yeah, I think we're going to obsess over Gone Girl today. So, spoiler alert, we will be talking about the movie Gone Girl and all that it encapsulates. Um, also, I guess like a general trigger warning because the movie contains some things like murder, mentions of suicide, sexual assault, you know, those things. So, um, if you, you know, don't feel comfortable with those things, feel free to not listen to or engage with this episode, um, or to just skip to, uh, we are not cavemen. We are watching Drag Race where we, you know, we'll be chatting about Drag Race as usual. And maybe a a timestamp for that will be in the description. Yeah. Um, If you haven't seen Gone Girl, I do encourage you to watch this anyway. Listen to this because this is an audio medium. Uh, I encourage you to listen to this episode anyway if you haven't seen Gone Girl because truly me talking about Gone Girl is the only thing better than Gone Girl. <laughs> yeah. We're some of the most entertaining people we know, so um, I think you'll still get a lot out of this episode if you, even if you haven't seen Gone Girl. And you will felt like you have seen it by the end anyway. Yeah. yeah. 
You'll feel like you were there with us. So I have to share. So obviously Jelani uh, got their master's degree in Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, have seen Gone Girl many, many times. Too many. Um, and, and I believe Sa- Saja's seen it a, f- a couple of times right now. Well, not twice. Only, oh, twice. Twice she's seen it. Uh, and, and I saw it just for the first time this very week. So we're giving you, we're giving you uh, kind of a, uh, a slew of children's style of, pers- of perspectives. I'm the youngest child here. Mm-hmm. Saj is the middle, and Jelani's kind of the oldest. Old? I don't, I don't know her. Um, <laughs> the old <laughs> shall not be present in this episode. Sorry, 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 sorry. 23 years young. <laughs> Um, so we're all coming at Gone Girl with different perspectives, uh, all that being said. Jelani, what is it about Gone Girl that makes you, that, that titillates you, that kind of makes you feel right? So actually, um, I've loved Gone Girl for years now. I have seen it probably about maybe 50 times. I've seen it four times in this quarantine alone. Um <laughs> because I am obsessed. Um, You know that movie Obsession with Beyonce? Yeah, that's me. I'm truly obsessed. And I was actually chatting with someone about it um, earlier this week, and I realized what it is that, like, has me so mesmerized. So for those of you who don't know, I am uh, trans. I identify as a non-binary person. After that. Um, And... So one of the hard thing about that, um, other than, you know, the constant discrimination, the high murder rates, you know, um, the, what is it, the, the legislation that is, you know, obsessed with trying to dehumanize us, you know, all that good shit. One of the bad things is that, like, I don't control other people's perception of me. I'm completely at their mercy when it comes to that. And... Like, I will put on an outfit and be like, ooh, bitch, this is androgyny, this is femme, this is beauty, this is grace, this is sophistication. Um, I'll paint my face pink and be like, oh, this is a woman, you know, a woman with an X, bitch. This is it. Um, And someone walking down the street will be like, who the fuck is this man and why is his face like that? You know, and I'm just like, "Mm." um, And so the really great thing about Gone Girl, the thing that, like, captivates me is her is Amy Dunn, the, you know, titular character of Gone Girl, the Gone Girl, um, her ability to shift everyone's perspective and idea of her and to completely control it. Like, she has 100% in control of the way everyone and anyone sees her. And goddamn, is that beautiful to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, that's it. That's, that's the goal, mama. That is glory. I mean, yeah, she has so much power in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is truly, kind truly. Of, uh, it's pretty even when even in the moments where you feel like she might not or she's like quote unquote losing power, she still is like, "Oh no, bitch. I'm gonna one up." Like, I know the game. Mhm. Because my people created it. <laughs> Truly, 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 whiteness and white femininity is like the star of Gone Girl. Is like the the main plot focal point. Is like, yeah, she's a white woman, so she can do this. Right. And like, is it problematic? Yes. Um, did I still enjoy it? Yes. Yes. 
and do yeah and i mean but like who right i feel like that's the interesting thing is like who does not want to be in control of their lives right like if there's one thing that i want to take from white women it's that you know what i mean like i would mm-hmm. also like to be in control of my life thank you so much we all deserve an inner white girl shout out michael r jackson a strange loop theater reference for the gals at home Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah totally yes very much uh, I think she was a very much in control character which was really really cool Um, Sacha as like the middle child what is your relationship to gone girl to girl gone the girl she gone I so I saw her um, with daddy producer Coco in the theaters when it came out it was the Wow. It was year one of our budding love, I believe, right? Because it came out in October of 2014. Like okay, that. our fans are voraciously doing math to figure out how long we've been together. <laughs> it's truly, it was, we had been together like less than a month and then Gone Girl came out and we went and saw it. And I think when we went to see it, people were like, ooh, you guys are like early dating. You shouldn't go see this movie. <laughs> uh-huh. So like, like, oh my God, this movie might make you guys break up and um, oh my god <laughs> i love it they had a new relationship set those expectations now of like <laughs> this can and will happen <laughs> conrado i will do this to you yeah literally <laughs> in that theater with a pen and pad like no, uh, huh? this is a lecture right and he married me anyway can you imagine I've got my own little Beth Affleck right here, yeah. Annie's. Oh, God help you. I want to get, we'll get to Ben Affleck later. Oh. <laughs> we, we have, how long is that? How long is this episode? <laughs> no, you were saying, um, after we, after we, the fans have had enough time to calculate your relationship now. So they're all, they all know how long you've been together. Right. Um, um, oh my God. Almost. I'm going to just tell you almost six years. Great. Um, they feel like they've done all that work for nothing now. <laughs> Oop. Spoiler. Um, but yeah, so I saw it then, and then I saw it again, obviously, this past week when we had a beautiful watching party, which is, I don't think I ever want to watch a movie ever again without Jelani being on Zoom right next to me. <laughs> in front of us. <laughs> and like watching Jelani smile when things happened. It was so beautiful. Yeah. Yo, Patrick Harris so- gets murdered, and I'm literally there, like, grinning my fucking face off. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe Neil Patrick Harris was in this movie. That was probably the most surprising thing about this movie to me. It was like, it was oh my so god! Hot back then, like as far as like um, interest, not physical. Oh, I guess. So. Oh wow! Mm. Okay, dragging Neil Patrick Harris on this <laughs> podcast. Such a way it says Neil Patrick Harris is uh, disgusting to look at. I mean, he's had his moment. You Quote, know, unquote. he was he was like all over the Tonys and Broadway for you know so 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 long yeah um ruled tv not ruled but like how i met your mother was super popular like he had his moment yeah. Um, yeah, yeah i think we're done with it now i think i haven't seen him in a minute so i'm you know like, happy about that yeah we all need our little time to shine neil had it and we can move on mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah. Was King of the Neil, can we just for a second? Neil Patrick Harris is addicted to playing straight characters in film and TV. Like, obsessed. Not that he shouldn't be able to do it, but he's like, this is all I'm going to do. <laughs> all I'm going to do is play a really bro-y straight men who just love having sex with women. And that's his prerogative, I suppose. Well, I think it's, like, funny enough, I feel like that is kind of 
I don't know. I mean, I don't know how Neil feels about it, but I wonder if it's a little bit of an empowering thing. Like, there was all these straight bro actors, and guess who you got to play this role? Me, bitch. You know what I mean? Me. Him and uh, Darren Chris need to, like, swap careers. Exactly. Truly. <laughs> truly. Yeah, that should fix all the problems, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. But, um, so, sorry, Saji, you were telling us your, your relationship with Gone Girl. No, but that's pretty much it. Like, I remember seeing it and the first time and being, like, really good. Um, my problems with, with it, which we'll get into later, were um, came at the end of the movie, but I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Um, I, I didn't break up with my now husband, and so here we are. Incredible. And how about you, Gamal? Well, this was my first time, famously, in fact, seeing Gone Girl. Girl, and you didn't. You knew the twist before we went in, but you didn't know anything else, right? I did. I didn't know the details of the movie. I didn't know um, what I was getting into with Ben Affleck. We'll get on that <laughs> later. Um, I truly didn't expect any of that. Really, <laughs> kind of to have been done to me at the viewer. Um, but um, I did. I did know the big twist, which I will say for our listeners right now, because um, we've had your warnings the girl she's not dead the titular girl amy uh, she's she just she's just gone she left um <laughs> she she faked her own death and she faked her own disappearance and framed her husband right mm-hmm. so i knew that she was really alive i knew that she, there was like a twist in the middle of the movie that was like she she's alive right so i knew that going into it but that didn't make the rest of the movie any less shocking for me um, it was quite a ride. I have lots of thoughts coming off of the movie, seeing it like right now. I mean, I, you know, I didn't see it when it came out like six years ago or whatever. Um, so seeing uh, movies today, I think we're finding especially seeing movies in 2020 is different than seeing shows and movies like even a few years ago. I think that the Hamilton movie has proven that that just yeah. a few years change how how a movie is seen or, and received. So. Um, I'm sure that had something to do with it. I thought it was a very thrilling movie, though, um, and really shocking to watch. And I do have a hot take about it, but I, 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 I guess I'll hold off on that. Yeah, but I do think that that's, like, I guess kind of, like, natural and, like, right, that, like, as we as a society progress, we should be able to, like, look back at things and kind of enjoy them, but also say, like, ooh, you know, hindsight, this is not, also, hindsight is twenty twenty. That saying is canceled. Just in case you didn't, yeah, know. we can't do it anymore. Um, but you know, hindsight is real, um, <laughs> and you know, maybe this wasn't in the best taste. You know, I think, I think I don't remember where I saw it, but like someone was like, "Oh, the reason why you cringe when you think about like your younger self is because like you've grown. You understand that like, oh, this was maybe not like the best thing that I did or whatever." And so, you know, you feel a bit uncomfortable, like, oh, that's gross. Why did I do that? And we should be able to do the same thing with, like, our movies and stuff, like, as a society. Diamond is going There's a dog! My dog is very upsetting. I don't know why. Diamond has lots of thoughts about Gone Girl. And she needs to be heard. Um, Diamond, along with one other friend, has, I think, would be very upset if I Gone girl someone, only because, like... I'd have to disappear and I wouldn't be talking to them. So I'd have to like right. give a warning first. Um, um, and if anyone Girl, the, I'm getting gone. <laughs> and if anyone in the, uh, you know, 
police, FBI, NSA are listening, I would never gone girl anyone. I would, I would never. never. Um, never. It just wouldn't happen. And if I happen to go missing at some point and you blame a man for my death, yes, he did do it. Um, it's his fault. Prosecute him quickly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. <laughs> um, so for those of you who haven't seen the movie, basically what happens is Nicholas Dunn uh, wakes up, goes to work. He works at a he owns a bar with his twin sister. He comes home from the bar. He goes to the bar in the morning. He comes home from the bar. His wife is missing. She's not in the house. The house is trashed. He's like, oh no. He does the Macaulay Culkin face. He's like, oh no. Um, and he calls the police and is like, can you come over here? I think something happened. And they come over and they're like investigating. And they're like, oh, this is a disappearance. Although like the police are looking to themselves and are like, he definitely did this, right? Like, we're not crazy. Like, he did this. He's, like, framing somebody. Um, and throughout the movie, the press gets involved and whatnot, and everyone's like, yeah, this man definitely, like, killed his wife. Um, come to find out, she really staged her own kidnapping slash murder and disappeared because she wanted to get back at him. And then while she's gone, she she took out a bunch of money, you know, she gets robbed. She ends up having to call her ex-boyfriend and being like, hey, can you help me? I know everyone thinks I'm missing, but I'm not. But don't tell anyone. <laughs> um, and then she basically, like, is with him for a minute. And then her husband, like, you know, because everyone thinks that he killed his fucking wife, he goes on national TV and he's like, I definitely didn't kill her. I miss her every day. Amy, come back. And she's, like, looking at him on the TV, and she decides, you know what? I will go back. And she kills the man, that her ex-boyfriend, and says that he kidnapped her. And then she goes home to her husband and is like, I'm home, but now, like, you're mine. Because if you ever leave me, um, first of all, I saved you from prison, so you owe me. So you're staying married to me. And if you ever leave me, you know, I'll make sure that the press destroys you. So. And, and then they get gone one more time. Exactly. And then they, you know, that's like the end of the movie. That's like a basic summary. Yeah. We are famously Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. That was a good job. I think anybody who hears that, like, truly will understand. Yeah. What. Clearly you've gotten your master's in Gone Girl. Yeah. Mm. Um. And for me, I think the, 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 so I've already mentioned like why I've uncovered why it's such a great, you know, film about her creating, um, controlling the narrative of her own life. But I think it's also really great because she starts out as like this woman who her husband was like, you know, we're moving to Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minna, whatever, uh, middle of nowhere, Bill, because my mom is sick. And they go, and the, you know, mom dies, but they stay there. And she's from New York. You know, she's a New York City gal. She, she, she's yeah. sophisticated. She's, you know, too bored the to be a housewife. Elite. Exactly. Yes. And so, you know, and also her parents, she's famously rich because her parents are like children books, best-selling authors, but they based all of the books off her life, only they, like, 
change small little details to make her like more popular, more, you know, palatable, more like whatever. They take her trauma and make it like her highlights. <laughs> no, literally. And so like, you know, she, and like they only loved her because she was this cash cow. And, you know, for her to be like, my parents have this idea of me that they like perpetuate to people and I have to constantly go on like press circuits and like talk to these reporters about, you know, the book and whatever. And she takes that like knowledge and information of like how to talk to people and like what the media wants to see. And she's like, what if I like just created this idea of myself, of this perfect housewife, this pregnant woman and made everyone in America feel sorry for me and the fact that my husband tried to kill me. What if I just did that because he cheated on me and I hate him? <laughs> like, <laughs> lol. Um, what an icon. What a woman. <laughs> what a woman, what a woman, what a woman. Um, so uh, maybe now's the time to, to give my hot take about, uh, about Gone Girl. And I think just basing everything off of, based off of everything Jelani just said and based off of what I've done copious research now since seeing the movie on this past Tuesday night, it is famously Saturday when we record. Um, and I do believe that I think the story of Gone Girl is really intriguing and like the, 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 I also have never read the book, so I'm just talking about the movie. I think the execution was where I was like, yeah, on, because I really do think knowing everything I know now about the book and about the backstory and about the characters, I really would have preferred for Amy Dunn, played by Rosamund Pike, famous British, um, to have been the protagonist of the film, to have been the point mm -hmm. of view character, to have been the main character, because effectively throughout the entire movie, oh God, Ben Affleck, this character who is <laughs> Nick, right? Nick Dunn? Yeah. Nick is, is the main character. He's the protagonist. He's the POV character. Yeah, I'm done. Uh, he's the POV character. He gets all the supporting characters that corroborate his defense against the antagonist, who is effectively Amy, through his eyes and through most of the movie's eyes, because most of the movie is told from his point of view. And he gets all the, yeah, like I said, he gets all the supporting characters that corroborate his, his claim. Like, yeah, Amy's doing this. She's the evil one. She's bad. You're suffering. You're the poor suffering man. Um, and he doesn't really explain himself because we're shown his explanation for why he's, he's, he struggles. Whereas Amy doesn't get as much. She doesn't really do the, the most internal we get is her cool girl monologue, iconic moment. Um, but even that is kind of like telling rather than showing. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's another difference. Like we, we were told her motivations, but rather than sh sh being shown and for the rest of the mo movie, we kind of just see her being like cold and calculating. Um, and I would have loved, I think it would have been a very different movie to see everything completely from her perspective, or mostly from her perspective, because it does feel like a, at the most like a 70-30 kind of thing right now, where most of the movies tell from Ben Affleck's perspective. Yeah. Um, and I would have loved like a four -hour movie. to flip, or just like flip the dynamic. Who cares about this man? Um, why do we need to see him? I why, do we, why do we need to make him the point of view character and, you know further paying to this woman as the villain, right? If we're saying something mm -hmm. about how society views women and how cool girls are made to act and perform and how that is stifling and dangerous, why are we not seeing the story from her perspective? Yeah, I think the 
other great thing about Gone Girl is it truly is a great example of how like gender is performative mm-hmm. and how like tr- truly a lot of like what people are doing, even unconsciously, like for Nick, like a lot of what you're doing is you thinking this is how you need to act or for women it's more like being told specifically like this is how you need to be but I think Gone Girl is a film that speaks a lot to women because of the subtle um things that the subtle like acts of violence committed against Amy like being forced to move and um the her husband cheating on her and whatnot I think those are because the movie doesn't explore it I think some men specifically have a really fucking hard time with this movie and they're like this was a shitty movie and i'm like you just don't understand but i do agree (laughs) that like things would be different if they could flip it and it's interesting to see a movie where i think i mean i personally consider nick dunn the villain and so it's interesting to see the villain as the protagonist and the hero the person i'm rooting for as like the antagonist of the film but um and it's also nice to see his general confusion at literally anything and everything she does. But <laughs> oh <my laughs> truly, God. there does need to be, um, you know how there's like a doll's house part two? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there needs to be like Gone Girl part two that's like just her. Oh, yeah. And oh my God, then like Jelani. 20% him. Write it. Write it. <laughs> Please. Oh my God. I also, I will say, um, I did read an article by, oh gosh, I have it open on my computer still. And I'll, I'll tell you. We're getting professional kids. Getting professional. It's a Vulture article. Is that professional? I don't know. Uh, by Amanda Dobbins from 2014. Um, kind of like breaking down um, Gone Girl a little bit. And she does say that the book um, is, is a lot more of Amy's perspective than the movie. So I will say that. So I don't know if it's necessarily an issue of Gillian Flynn's well she did adapt the screenplay but like it, it seems like a, a a problem that's more related to the movie than the, the source material actually right mm-hmm. right yes condensing stories is usually very hard be- especially because I think what's exciting about Gone Girl the movie is how how seamless I think the the like switch is in my opinion or not I wouldn't say seamless it, there's definitely a seam but like how um, it's actually the opposite. How abrupt it is because it's like, oh shit! It like really creates that sense of like thriller and that sense of like I didn't know where this was going. The fact that you are so committed to the idea that this is from Nick's perspective until you get that switch and you're like, oh, there's actually so much more that we are not seeing and that we didn't see. Um, but then, of course, that's like halfway through the movie and you only have an hour to see what's left of Amy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also during that half of the movie, they do switch back to Nick's perspective quite a lot. So, Yeah, they yeah. do. Because like, you're following like the trial and him like trying to prove his innocence or whatever. Not the trial, but well, there is a trial. I think there's a trial in the court of like public opinion. And right. I think the movie also, I think the, this is one of the like best displays of like like mass media creating um and perpetuating like ideas and notions um that we've seen in like me like other forms of media i guess because like i think so often people use like the news on a program like a movie or a tv show just to like fill in time like it's usually like a cutaway scene or whatever but like in this the 
like the news had its own like story arc. Yeah. And like it, it, it like truly drove the plot to see like the news anchor whose name I don't remember. Um <laughs> like constantly roasting this man and yeah. being like, no, 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 he did it, y'all. He did it. Right. Well, it's exactly what you're talking about. The idea of the, like, of media pushing a narrative, whether or not it's like founded or not, you know what I mean? But the idea that like an, a narrative can be pushed and used and like promoted to the masses just by having like sensational media, you know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm story hungry media so it's really interesting to think of actually now that you're, you're you both are talking about that gone girl is kind of like um a modern day answer or a modern day like checking in on the themes of chicago the, the musical mm. um very similar like you know women who murdered their husbands or well most of them murdered their husbands yeah um and being thrown into the media and how the media portrays them and being and playing the media for their support and again, Very like white women being able to, like, because of the way white women are seen, like, she's, like, some people will, like, be like, oh, she's a hero because she, like, defended herself and, like, oh, my God, look, and, like, we don't give that same support to black women um, or, you know, other women of color. Really thinking about, um, oh, I'm so, so mad that I'm blanking on her name, but, um a black woman who was sold into sex trafficking and is like being charged with murder against killing her. Cynthia Brown. Yeah. Thank you. You know, yeah. and you're like, what? Cause had that been a white woman, that would not be the case. There would be no way that she would be facing murder um, charges for her assailant. Like stupid. Yeah. Like to be honest, I could never gone girl someone because the new, well, like would the media ever rally behind me in the way it had Amy done? No, it wouldn't, even though they should, because like, let me gone girl a man. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like I just want two things in this world, a sugar daddy and then to gone girl that sugar daddy. Um, <laughs> sweet. sweet. Um, yeah. So I think also this is a thing. Um, I think what's interesting about this narrative too, when we're thinking about like Nick's role in the whole movie is also that it relies so much on Nick being stupid, right? Like it relies so (laughs) much on his like incompetence because it would be a completely different movie if Amy's husband was like, um, Neil Patrick Harris's character from the beginning, right? Like, it would be a completely different movie if he was that, like, obviously oppressive. But I think what you're, ta- what you're talking about, these, like, microaggressions and these ways that Nick shows power even within his stupidity, right? About the idea of, like, moving to Missouri or whatever and being like, that's not, I didn't do anything wrong by, like, picking my wife up and moving her away. Kind of, like, It'll, it just allows him to get away with so much more. And I think that's, mm-hmm. that's a little bit hard about, about putting the movie in his perspective because it allows us to have a lot more empathy for him because he's a stupid white man and we allow white men to be stupid. Oh, I was just going to get really angry because she bought him a bar. Go off. Like, yeah. he moves her to Missouri or whatever the fuck and she, like, spends the last of her trust fund money, which is, like, her, her money she came like if i don't know if they had a prenup or whatever but like she came into that marriage with that money and you know he gets mad at her when she gives some of the money back to her parents 
because of whatever fangle-founded bullshit um, reason that the story gives. Um, and like he gets mad at her for giving it away. And then she gives him the rest of it. And then he has a job that he doesn't really take seriously, or it doesn't seem like he takes seriously um, as the bar owner. And she does nothing all day. Yeah. Like, or not nothing, because housewives don't do nothing. But like, you know, she doesn't get to exist in the same capacity as him. No, and he pulls, like, not only did she, so she buys him the bar, he has this job at the bar. Then he gets to hire his twin sister to give her a job at the bar. Like, she really, she's twin sister who hates whole family. Hates Amy. (laughs) Like, like, this is some bullshit. This was some real life, like, not, you don't want your wife as the co-owner of your bar, and you want your sister? Like, ridiculous. And then you have the nerve on top of that bullshit to go ahead and cheat on her. So, yeah. Exactly. So that's, so that's what's so, so I think that it's, I think the movie does know that Nick is a piece of shit. I just, unfortunately, like I said, because he's a dumb fuck, like, he gets away with some of it in a way that I think if he was a little bit more calculating, at least if we saw him be as calculating as she was, he wouldn't have, we, he wouldn't have gained any of our like sympathy in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also uh, it's a good time to talk about Ben Affleck. I think that's been in the back of my throat for the last two hours. Um, hey, but- ben Affleck's in the back of my throat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. So, well, right. Maybe it's more about, I can't separate Nick Dunn and Ben Affleck, I guess. But I do hate that. I do, I find it, again, the concept interesting that Nick has this switch halfway through the movie and starts, like, playing the game with uh, Amy. And then kind of in the end, it's kind of implied that he likes this and he wants it. But because of the way his character was written and portrayed, I didn't buy it. I didn't buy that kind of switch. Mm. I didn't think it was, I didn't see enough justification for it. To me, it seemed like he turned on a dime really quickly. <laughs> but also maybe that has to do something with the elephant in the room, Ben Affleck's performance. Um, and I'm sorry, Ben, if you're listening, I know you're a big fan of the pod. But um, I will say, the, at the be- when the movie started, I was watching him act and I was like, Surely this is part of the character, right? Surely the fact that this is like uninspired acting is part of like, it's a character choice, right? Movie star Ben Affleck doesn't actually act like this, right? Um, And so he was acting so, in my opinion, disingenuously that I, well, for the longest time I was like, these cops are not going to believe you in the slightest. I don't even believe you. (laughs) And I'm just, I'm watching you. I know what happens in the movie. and I don't even believe you. Um, of course, how are these other people going to believe you? Um, and but like that continued for the entire movie. I was like, maybe this is like all part. Maybe there's gonna be like a, a reveal. I was like, maybe he's in on it too. Like maybe like this is like some cat and mouse game they play. Like they're role playing, but like on a major level and getting the whole world involved. Like just to spice up their sex life, you know. Um, before I got her her like real motivation because I knew she was alive. I just didn't know what she did. So I was guessing as the movie was going on, I was like, they're all playing. They're doing something. He's in on it because he's acting so terribly that he has to be in on it. There has to be more. This has to be a It's a, a pyramid scheme. It's a, they, they're trying to get that insurance money. <laughs> it was, there wasn't more. He was just acting that way. Um, <laughs> so. I mean, I haven't read the book, so I don't know how much of that is in the Nick character um, 
in the book as well, like this kind of level of like just stupidity. I don't have a better word. I don't know words. Yeah, he's just stupid. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like I, don't, I don't think there is a better word for it. Um, so, yeah, so I don't know if that's in the books, but I do think it's kind of what, um, I think it's kind of what helps make this whole thing possible, right? Like, is this the level of, the level of not knowing how much he actually knows, the level of not knowing how much the stupidity is performed and, or if he is actually that stupid. I think that's kind of what helps us get through the movie. I think Mm -hmm. it's in the last moments that for me, I, I lean more to the idea that he is just stupid, which is fine, but it makes the game feel, it makes the game that they're playing feel a little less um, two-sided, right? It feels Mm -hmm. like even. Yeah, exactly. It's less satisfying to watch. Yeah, because it's, it's so easy. But yeah. so yeah. But any more um like I don't know, highlights, lowlights. I know Jelani, you've said something about Gone Girl that I love, which is that you think it is a rom com. <laughs> I do. I think I think I Gone agree Girl, with that. I think Gone Girl is a rom com. I think it's a psychological thriller. I think it's a horror movie. I think it's an action movie. It's a heist movie where she's stealing herself. Like I I think it's Truly every movie, like the song I Am Every Woman, Gone Girl is every movie, which is incredible to me. Um, I also think that it's, like, I don't know what Gillian Flynn's, like, inspirations were when she was writing this, but I definitely do get heavy, like, Medea vibes, Medea, the Greek play, not the Tyler Perry movie, even though Tyler Perry was definitely in the movie. Um, Tyler Perry's <laughs> performance, we will not talk about. Um, really? I didn't remember that much. I think it was just passable. It was better than Ben Affleck's. <laughs> it was better than Ben Affleck's. Um, <laughs> I also think that it's very um, The Crucible. I am famously obsessed with The Crucible um, for similar reasons. I think Abigail is incredible. I think Abigail truly wanted to fuck this man and he was not having it and so she burnt down a whole town and I think that like we don't get to see women we don't get to see women on stage be like horny or angry or like you know vengeful like that or I think we don't yeah um and she really was just tearing it up and she wins at the end um and I see very much like that aspect of it like her again abigail controls the entire narrative of that town is like yeah i saw goody proctor dancing with the devil in the woods what about it bitch (laughs) tell me i'm lying (laughs) (laughs) and they don't and they don't oh i did definitely see that play um when it was on broadway a couple years ago with saoirse ronan um it was so good um also, Goody Proctor was a black woman, so it really did feel like, yeah, this white woman is like, ang- she is like pissed. Um, and as we all know, white women get what they want. Um, all of the Karens of the world. Uh, but yeah, I definitely feel like Chicago, Medea with the, you know, I'm going to fuck up my husband, the Abigail, like, yeah, I'm going to ruin this. Like, I feel all of these things. Also, have you... Early in the movie. 
Yeah. Have you seen, I just thought about this literally this morning. Have you seen the second season of you with Penn Bagley? I have not seen that show. Okay. I'm sorry. No, I've also not seen that show. I wouldn't say that it's a necessary watch. I think it's an enjoyable thriller. And I think if you like Gone Girl, you may like um, you, although more so season two. And that's what I was going to bring up, but I won't spoil it for you. You're going to watch it. But I no, think- but I've definitely seen um, Penn Bigley talk about it because I'm, I think Penn Bigley's really hot. Don't cancel oh, me. Too. I know. Um, no, I hate it. Oh, I hate it so much. And, um, you know, also, uh, Penn Bagley was a gossip girl. So, you know, <laughs> gossip girl, gone girls, all these girls. Um, <laughs> I definitely saw him talk about it where he, I think, but I also think he has a much more nuanced idea of it than the writer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where he's like, no, 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 this is a show about someone you shouldn't root for. Like, he's a terrible white man who's gonna, like, almost 500 days of summer, but if he was a murderer... Yeah, like, pretty much. Uh, he's gonna... Yeah. Like, you're watching this white man, you know, do these terrible things, and it's sort of a test of, like, how much we as a society are willing to, like, root for a white man. Yeah. Um, although I don't know if the writers were thinking about it that hard, but, like, I'll watch the show maybe, and then I'll, I'll know. Right, well, specifically with season two, you actually see... But you just see a narrative of how a white woman woman can come in and like, as we have said with Gone Girl, like play the game in a way that you didn't think was going to happen. So, Ooh. so that's why I think season two is is um, more so aligned with our Gone Girl topic. Well, now I have to watch all of you so I can Sorry. like. <laughs> okay, um, everybody, give like like a one to two sentence. I think wrap up then on our Gone Girl conversation. Um, I think for me, um, I would say the movie has problems, but that ones that I personally, personally, and no one else has to do this, but I personally am willing to overlook some of the things um, that are problematic with the movie because I think that the story is interesting. I think the narrative is really compelling. And I think that... um, I think that the things that are problems with the movie are also um like complicated um and deserve like bigger conversations and that yes it is 2020 and um it's not as interesting to see white women you know lie and get away with it but i think that this movie is a bit more than that so i do love the fuck out of it so yeah i agree i think it's a very thrilling at times very hilarious movie so um, yeah, I just I, I only really wish that we would have flipped the the point of view because I think it would be nice to see women centered in stories that are ostensibly about women. That's for that. Nice. Yes, Gamal has done some work on that on his theory. He was yes, he not yesterday, and I was like, I don't know, I might have to fight you, but now I think I agree. Um, ah. <laughs> he did some more digging within himself. Okay. Um, for me, I, I think I'm just all on to this. I agree. I think that there is stuff in the movie that, like, socially I don't, like, really love. But from, uh, like, movie-making standpoint, I think it's such an f- exciting thriller to watch. Um, and the social things that I don't love, I do think, though, that the movie is semi-aware of them and is trying to point them out 
they maybe fall into the trap of doing the thing that they're trying to point out. But I think all in all, it's an exciting movie. Mm -hmm. Also sound and cinematography were uh, like great, like out of this world. Very good. Very good. Very good movie making. Movie mix. So good. (laughs) Okay. So I guess. Is it time? It's time for We Are Not Cavemen. We are watching Drag Race. Oh, I'm coming out of my cave and I've been doing just fine. Ooh, Gamala's serenading us today. Ooh, yeah, that's so special. It's your um, birthday, babe. Uh, real quick, I do have a thought on Drag Race Canada, and uh, everyone can fight uh, me on this. Canada for a second? Uh, maybe. I just have one thing to say. <gasps> I'm yeah, well, that's true, that's true. Kind did not deserve to go home, and everyone can fight me on it. I okay, um, okay. I will not be taking questions, or I will. <laughs> people need me to, but like I said, when I said for kind to go out looking that good, I I disagree. Um, we're we're starting kind of with our segment in Canada for a second, which is totally acceptable. Um, I. I will say I don't like Kind very much from her her like portrayal on this two episodes of Canada's Drag Race. I'm sure she's a lovely person, um, but I, don't, I I didn't like her in this competition setting particularly. Um, I will say one more thing about Canada's well, two more things about Canada's Drag Race specifically that I need to get off my chest. Jimbo was robbed once again. Yet again. This is Jimbo's Drag Race. I'm sorry. Everyone's just playing it. This is Jimbo's Drag Race by episode two already. Um, and secondly, to kind of put Jade Hasune, famous Lebanese god, shout out to my Arabs, um, on the panel right next to Jeffrey Boyer Chapman and kind of put them in the same frame, that is... Um, you're asking too much of your audience, I think, at once. I Let's just say that. Would pay so much money. <laughs> I won't even finish the sentence, but I will say I would pay so much money. I'd watch. I would watch. I would surely watch. Beautiful. <laughs> I just feel like that runway was spectacular. Um, and some people looked really busted. Some people came out doing better versions, quote unquote, of their um, first time in drag, but it truly was still a wreck, mama. Um, Boa, what, Boa, just no, honey, no. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't like Boa's. Oh, was Boa okay. the one that came out and stilled like just a corset, but it was like yes. bedazzled? I was like, <laughs> in panties. I was like, what are you doing? And then her performance was yeah. not good. So I would have. I also didn't enjoy Kind, but I think that she did more at least. Where I don't think that Boa did anything really. No, I also like, forgot there was a challenge in this episode apart from the runway. <laughs> Wait, because that's how bad the challenge was. It was an acting challenge, and they were pretty much kind of across the board, all horrible <laughs> for the most part. Um, and I, I will say, there are certain things we're learning about cultural differences in different countries. You know, when we watch Drag Race UK, we learned that people in the UK can't lip sync. Uh, drag queens in the UK can't lip sync, and maybe drag no. queens in Canada can't act, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. There are differences. There Charlie are differences. Currently Hides was warning us all along. She really was. She was like, we don't lip sync. Don't make us do it. <laughs> we thought she was joking. We thought she was joking. No, 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 mom. Um, but truly, yeah, that challenge, I feel like because the challenge wasn't great, like 
it really was all up to the runway. And I thought that mm-hmm. Ursula look was anyone who paints themselves a different color to me has already done more work than anyone else in the room <laughs> and deserves to stay. Like you Except for that yourself. one little rectangle on her back. I did see that yeah, little lip. Yeah. I watched that. I clocked that. <laughs> and also like Jeffrey Boyer Chapman was quick to point that out. He said, that square on your back. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Really took me out of everything. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. Sure. <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, I think I just, I personally, I, I and maybe even the producers of the show was, was not enjoying Kine's attitude necessarily towards the competition. Um, especially, she pulled a pearl on Brooklyn Heights in episode two. She did. Yeah. That went through him. To be fair, like, again, the theme, I guess, of this episode is like playing the game and knowing who you have to be when you walk into a room and like not playing the game will get you either sent to jail or, uh, you know, kicked off of a reality TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of getting kicked off a reality TV show. Let's get to America. All Stars that was, 5. That was a loaded episode. Um, there was truly um, a spoiler if you haven't seen uh, also, I think coming to this this uh, podcast is a spoiler because you know we're talking about Drag Race Mama. We're not um, cavemen. We're not cavemen. <laughs> we saw it. Alexis Mateo going home. Controversial. Um, I hated that. I hated it so much. Yeah. To be fair, I think I was enjoying... I, I am biased. I was enjoying Blair St. Clair a bit more. Um, and I feel like... No, neither one of them had won anything Mm-mm. or they just had like high safes, um, which is, you know, cute. But I think I was personally enjoying Blair a bit more. But I do think that like Alexis's treatment on a Drag Race was like horrendous. And so great. Truly. Like the whole, her whole treatment and experience, a microaggression. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, Completely. Well, it's just kind of crazy to think that India, I mean, I, I mean, the drama of it is so TV, like, juicy. Mm-hmm. But the idea that, like, India could, like, say something that we know we is rumor at this point because we have no, um, no proof of it existing. Um, and then, like, how that just nosedives Alexis is kind of insane. Yeah. And it's someone playing like, oh, well, I don't know if I can trust her. I don't know if I can trust her. Like, bitch, you just want her off because you know if she continues doing good that she can make it into that top three and you don't want that bitch in the top three. Don't play yourself. Can we talk about for a second, though? Like, I love... See, the, the same thing I'm saying, like, how dare you accuse Alexis Mateo of conspiring? But then I'm also like, yes, Shakele, you better conspire. Shakele <laughs> was 100% conspiring. She was like, oh, Alexis conspired against me? All of a sudden, she was like, I just don't know if we can all trust Alexis, everyone. I don't think we know who she really is. I was talking about Jujubee. I just don't know who Alexis is. Can we really trust but Shay her? Is like, Shay is the- right because Alexis put her motherfucking lipstick in that box, and that was her own damn mistake. Like, Alexis took the, first, took the first swing, honey. No, her mistake was not finishing the job. If you want to put somebody, if you want to put a frontrunner's name in the box, you, you got to go for the kill. Like, yeah. you got to be like, everybody, this is the moment. Yeah. Because if we don't, she's winning, which, you know, right. she is. Um, 
And I think that it's also very, like, Drag Race, uh, like, please, if you are ever watching a reality TV show, like, never underestimate the power of, and the knowledge of the editors and the producers and, like, oh, yeah. what they are doing. Like, the fact that they would pull this parking lot footage out of Juju B and yes. Shay fucking chit-chatting, um, you know, uh, trying to, what was, what was the word? Conspiring yeah. against Alexis. But they won't pull any footage of Alexis and, you know, her conspirators. With Mayhem in India, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, uh, they know what they're doing. Oh, they yeah. know what they're doing. And... Did anybody watch that show that was on, like, I think it was on MTV or something, like, the Unreal, where it was, like, the, and Jeffrey Boyer Chapman was on it. Famously, where he got his big start, kind of, to the rest and of the world. And it was, like, the behind-the-scenes of The Bachelor or whatever, or a Bachelor-esque TV show. Oh, didn't we watch, like, one episode or something like that? I think, like... I heard it's a really good show. It was cute. I want that, but for Drag Race. <laughs> uh, that's your next project. After you watch, you write Gone Girl Part 2, the yeah. play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're going to write a TV series about the backstage of Drag Race. And you call it Untucked. Hello. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. And, um, Hashtag tucked or untucked. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> truly, like, these people are master manipulators, geniuses of tele- reality television. Like Real gone girls, if I do say so myself. Real gone girls. Like they know how to manipulate. It's astounding. It's all um, so yeah, I guess we, we, we don't, everyone knows we've all lost Alexis Mateo. I guess you could say that girl has gotten gone. Okay, I made the joke. Um, <laughs> but what do we think of the challenge? And more importantly, what do we think of the winner of the challenge? A lie. Yeah. Um, a bamboozle, a scheme, you know. Again, uh, the producers are producing. The producers are producing, y'all. Um, producers gonna produce. They really, really, really were like, do not want to give Shay, like, a true, true, like, foothold in this competition. They, like... Mm-hmm. They only want her to win by like the skin of her teeth, truly. And I think I think it's very I think it's very influenced by Alaska season because I think a lot of people were like bored because they were like, oh, this is Alaska season. She's won or or Ben even. Like you're winning all these challenges. It's not, you know, as compelling, but you know, that's bullshit. Um, I wanna see black women do well. And exactly. Like Especially when they are doing well. It's not like Especially when they are doing well. Like (laughs) she's doing well. And I think this episode and last episode, Miz is not doing it. She's like, like, I think last episode, she really should have been in the bottom. And I think this episode, she definitely wasn't a winner. Like, I... Uh, a solid safe, but not a winner. Like, I thought that that look was just... So my thing is, when the challenge is runway-based, when it's like, this is a sewing challenge, you have to make a garment making like the dress she came out in to me was the equivalent because this is all stars also this is all stars that was the equivalent of like Aiden Zane's corset like I was like if you're making a garment in all stars I want to see like a dramatic silhouette and I think personally I would rather see you shoot overshoot and like misstep a little like um Blair or Alexis than what she did, which was safe, which was, it, it was a halter top with a skirt 
and she had a choker. And the choker wasn't even a choker because it was just one giant piece around her neck. Like, who? When you have Shay standing there with fucking, at, like, chaps, you know what I mean? And a whole mm-hmm. goddamn mosquito veil. Like, truly. And everyone has already admitted that she helped them with their selling. Exactly. Oh. Like. And to be honest, I know that Juju B's outfit also was, like, not um, amazing, amazing. But I thought that it was... Like, it was super cute, and it, like, fit the challenge perfectly. Like, if Jujube showed up to a barbecue in that, I wouldn't... I'd be like, okay, she's, like, going campy today. But I wouldn't be like, you just took a whole bunch of trash and made it into an outfit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought Blair St. Clair wrapped two blankets around herself and called it a day. And she was like, it's fashion. It's fashion. Um, so I don't know that I agree that her app was a little i mean i guess it was risky and that i think it was lazy um and that's a risk to take um i just think that the silhouette was something that was really nice and not something that like even though she didn't execute it perfectly maybe like it wasn't like something that like i think um had um like had they had more time obviously her thing would have looked better. I think Miz's would have just still been that. Like, it wasn't... I just wasn't excited by it. I was, like, bored. Whereas yeah. I could see that, you know, she was... Uh, Blair was trying. I see. I, I, I'm not a costume designer, so maybe you could speak to this, Jelani, on your birthday, a costume designer yourself. But I... I mean, I gasped when Alexis came out the runway with that that silhouette, the cups, the pool. I liked it a lot. I thought I was like, this is it. She's going to win. And Diamond clearly agrees with me. She's going, uh, she's like, bitch, go off. She's like, yes. Robbed queen, robbed queen. Um, But I I do, when they zoomed in, I guess, and they said it was kind of like a misshapen, like, what's it? Yeah. I noticed that when she walked out, because the top I thought was really gorgeous. I thought with all those cups, like bedazzling the, you know, collar, it was cute. But then, like, as we panned down, I was like, ooh. And I also thought the kiddie pool was, like, a cute gag, I guess. But it didn't – and, like, I guess it added the shape. But she could have gotten the shape without throwing a literal – I was like, okay, there's a kiddie pool under your skirt, bitch. Um, But, again, that's me personally. Like, I can see how someone would be like, oh. Right. Well, I actually, to be honest, I think I personally, when it came to the kiddie pool, I wish she didn't show it on the runway. I wish she, like, let the dress speak, and then when it came to the final, like, when it came to the end to be like, oh, my God, you're out for your outfit, she was like, actually, it's a kiddie pool. Then, you know what I mean? Then I would have been like, Mm. oh, it, like, the idea that she made it a part of the runway, I don't know, to me, felt like the dress then became a gag versus the dress, like, actually, you know what I mean? Like, being an example of, like, what she wants to produce on herself and then being like, this is how I did it with the trash you gave me, you know? Yeah. But I still, but I did personally think that it was really nice and I was, I thought that uh, Alexis was going to be in the top, but here we are. I was fooled. I, fooled I thought her character wasn't funny i also think that mrs character i was like not paying attention to blair's i thought was interesting it was different um it felt like it it, like gave me like a laugh i think shays was obviously the best and like she jujubes was also like 
it was cute, but I wasn't as into the hat as everyone else was. <laughs> like, I died. I want that hat every day. I don't want to go. I really like that. I would wear that hat also. I gagged for like a minute, but then it was just a really, like when she first walked out, it was like, ooh, but then like, it just was like a hat on her head. It was just a really big hat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I think Shay did the best in the like character part of it. So I, I was really, really like, Miss, how she get that win? Well, yeah, I, I mean, I will say I do think I do think her. Uh, first of all, we we none of us were told that 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 whole monologue was gonna be a part of the challenge at all until they yeah. went on the runway. Yeah. Um, I think they were just her- speaking, and then I was like, "Oh wait, there's a pattern here." <laughs> right. I I felt like Miss Cracker's like monologue was the funniest if it was if the point was to be funny, right? Uh, I don't know that she necessarily did a character, but I thought it was actually probably the funniest monologue there was. Um, smartest, funniest, like a lot of jokes in there. Uh, I thought Jujubees was a close second in comedy. Um, and I thought Shays was really good. It just wasn't, you know, as LOL, like, funny, I thought. Right, I don't think she was putting too many jokes, yeah. you know? But, like, was the point to be, like, you're supposed to be a funny person or you're supposed to be a character at this barbecue? Like, Right. I, I think, judging by the way that the- they responded to Cracker. They probably was like, be a funny person, I guess. I but mean, also like Cracker's first outfit was not, when when Miss Cracker came out in the outfit that she was monologuing over, I had to do a double take because I was like, oh, maybe this is the outfit she made because it looks a little, um, it doesn't look very good, I think. It looks like, I was like, oh, surely this is the one she just threw together. Maybe they're doing those first for a change. And then it wasn't the case. I said, how is your outfit that you made in two days going to look better constructed than the one you brought from home? And that's the tea. Um, yeah. I don't know. Drag Race producers, just make it make sense. Make it make sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because yeah. I'm lost. Truly. Also, I want, I want better challenges for All-Stars. I want challenges that are harder and more complex than just, oh, here's this, like bullshit acting challenge you know because the acting challenges we've gotten have been bullshit every challenge has been bullshit this was like the one good this and talent show were like the best challenges so far i think um and talent show isn't really a challenge it's just like hey come remind us who you are um (laughs) um but even this i'm like it's all stars. I don't want you to make, if it's a ball and you have to do three looks, if you have to do six looks, I don't know. I don't care. I, but um, I want you to make more than just one. Like, yeah, exactly. I would have, if it, I, it would have been great if it was like, make both of them. You know what I mean? Something yeah. that, like, exactly. Like, and you pussy up, you know what I'm saying? Step your pussy. Like here's six, here's whatever amount of days you got. Um, make me two outfits. They're both backyard barbecue-esque and, you know, then come in with this monologue ready. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. what's the tea? What's the tea? Okay, y'all. So this has been a really great start to my birthday. Um, We had an amazing little chit-chat about Gone Girl. We got to talk about Kine being robbed. Yes, she was robbed. I don't want to hear it. Um, on Canada. And we got to talk about also Alexis's Mateo controversial um, elimination. It's been a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us here on Podcast Queens. I'm Jelani. 
you can find me on Instagram at Persephone's Garden. It's spelled like Persephone, but then add a Y and then add an S because possessive and then the word garden like regular. Um, and on Twitter at Queer Messiah, queer spelled regular, mess, Y, A, H. Bless. And I'm Gamal El Sawa. You can follow me on Instagram at the Gamal, T A T G A M A L, on Twitter at Gamal Tweets. And um, Sajda, you can find me at It's Sajda, I T S S A J D A A, both on Instagram and the Twitter. And you can also follow my food porn at Food Porn Friday, but the O in porn is an X. All right, y'all. So thank you for joining us today. Oh, and um... P.S. Dot, dot, dot. We out this bitch.